Welcome to our Digital Disruptor series, where we profile companies and innovations that are set to remake and reshape industries, companies, and the economy. We hope you'll enjoy our interviews and always welcome any comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome everyone to another episode of Momenta's podcast. This is Ed McGuire, Insights Partner at Momenta. And today our guest is Jay Allardyce, who's the Chief Product Officer and Head of Customer Success at Uptake. And Jay and I had first met last year at IoT Solutions World, where he was uh, part of a uh, discussion that we had around energy and digital transformation. And I thought uh, he was one of the most articulate and thoughtful, insightful folks I'd met in a really, really long time. And we're, uh, Jay, we're thrilled to have you join us again on this, uh, again, for a discussion, but uh, for first time on the on the podcast. Ed, well, it's it's great. Well, thank you very much, and for the kind words. Uh, no, it was great meeting up at the the IoT World uh, event, and you know, obviously, a lot has uh, transpired since then. So, glad to glad to reconnect here. Great. Well, let's start first with some context, and would love to get us a bit of sense of your uh, your background, and could you share some of your personal history and what really what has you know what are some of the the key experiences that have brought you to where you are today in your current role? Yeah, well, um, so for me, um, you know, I guess I'm a, a Silicon Valley uh, native, um, kind of born and raised, uh, and have been in around the Bay and a lot of travel, uh, you know, through the last uh, 20 uh, plus years in tech. Um, but for me, I, you know, I grew up uh, not too far from Hewlett Packard, and, and it was a uh, Really, a lot of the influence through um, family members and neighbors and the like that had all aspired uh, over the years to go work at Hewlett Packard uh, and to HP Labs and the like. And so, I had this kind of influence early on in my career that, that tech was uh, an interesting sector or opportunity for me. And and you know, just would always listen to their stories intently about their interactions with both Bill and Dave and the things that were happening uh, as HP grew in its early days. And I, I think with that, it, it really helped me to cement a perspective of just, I would say, entrepreneurial growth in the Valley and know, knowing that, you know, companies, uh, you know, help to form and, and grow and, and then spawn, uh, you know, other great companies. And, and I was just always fascinated with that uh, aspect is kind of a, 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 a foundation of, of kind of how I saw things. And so, over the years, um, for me, you know, always been in tech, um, you know, started early in my career as a developer um, and, and realized that, that was not a, a, a long suit, uh, standing suit for me, um, but always had this, this interesting view of interconnected systems and environments. And this goes back to the EDI and ResetaNet and then spending, you know, a lot of uh, time, you know, configuring these environments uh, to connect, you know, uh, enterprise uh, supply chain systems and and uh, and channel systems. So I was always enamored with this idea that that you could um, you know work in this vast business ecosystem. So I'd say that kind of an early foundation. But um, you know I spent about 15 years at Hewlett Packard um, in a variety of roles, uh, you know across M and A uh, as well as some internal startups and enterprise software. But I think the most notable um, for me about you know, kind of 10, uh, 12 years ago, uh, was working with some great uh, fellows in, in HP Labs, helping to bring together 
uh, this this uh, product offering that was around uh, real time energy management um, out of thinking of you know HP and what it could bring to the market from a technology data center perspective to buildings and, and broader environments. And it was all in the simple principle that can you create insights from the data that you have access to to affect the way the business works? And that has stuck with me, I think, for the last um, you know, 10 to 12 years in a variety of roles um, you know, with, uh, with Vertica and, and some of the big data areas and then spending you know, a number of years at, at GE. So um, I think for me, it, it kind of has been a culmination and really the premise that we do live in a data-driven world, and we've seen that really explode in the B2C side of things. And, you know, I believe there's a, uh, a mountain of opportunity in the industrial and enterprise space when it comes to IoT. Well, it looks like you've been through a couple of transitions as well. I mean, working for uh, for HP and then Vertica uh, and then GE. Could you talk about some of the uh, some of the I would say formative experiences that shaped your views of of the potential of what data could do and uh, how you've seen the industry evolve over the over the past couple of decades? Because you know, Vertica was really part of that uh, a, a whole a whole group of companies that were focused on accelerated data, uh, we'll call them data warehouse appliances, right? And uh, and then, of course, GE was focused on really tapping the data that comes from industrial machines and applying IT uh, methodologies to, to, to the analytics, but um, would be, uh, you know, would be, would be super interested, you know, to, um, you know, to get a sense of you know how you've seen the market evolve particularly as it relates to the you know the embrace of of industrial data yeah yeah so absolutely i think i think for me the um you know as i mentioned it kind of culminated through a number of of experiences but the things that do stand out uh, i i definitely would say the the experience and exposure with vertica was um was very informative and the viewpoints of um, your ability to ask a very different set of questions on how to run the business and then think about the type of data that, that you would need in order to, to answer those questions or the inverse, because you have access to this data, what questions could you ask or what could the data tell you? And um, it, it was really the, the, the time spent to understand um, what was happening as companies uh, from gaming and, and web uh, to banking um, to insurance and healthcare and retail uh, that were really utilizing a lot of these technology platforms, you know, such as Vertica, to um, answer some of those questions or understand and get insights that they've never had before. And I was just always amazed with the fact that we would take this standard view of, you know, let's just dump, uh, you know, uh, data into a data lake and then be able to understand a way um, of how to bring additional data sets and, uh, and, and really, you know, again, the whole notion of structured, unstructured, semi-structured data to, to affect the way a, a business worked. And so spent a lot of time on a variety of different use cases with, with different customers and partners just to really understand. Um, and that, I think, exposed me tremendously on the thesis of, you know, if you start with this viewpoint of your enterprise, and what does the, the meta, metadata view of your enterprise look like, then you actually can think about those fundamental business questions you need to, uh, to ask to run the business. And so fast forwarding that, I took a lot of that uh, experience um, 
you know, uh, you know, with Vertica and then, and then with HP software uh, more broadly, um, when I went over to GE and it was again on that principle, which I think for me um, also was this viewpoint that, um, you know, you can think about selling horizontal technologies for IT buyers or, or business buyers. I was really much more enamored with because you have access to data, how can it change the business landscape? And going to GE was um, one of the best experiences I've ever had. And, you know, I think a lot of people can be grief of like, well, wait a minute, why don't you, you know, come work with one of my smaller portfolio companies um, and, and go that route? And the reason why I went uh, to GE was because, as I've seen, as I mentioned before, the story to growth in, in the valley uh, of, you know, companies spawning other companies, um, GE was, was down that path to do the same uh, in the East Bay and um, just out of the San Ramon area where you start to see a very large company make a significant bet. And it's rare to see that happen, but effectively that does spawn an ecosystem of growth. And so coming into uh, GE to really understand uh, more of the industrial space, it was because I had some unfinished business uh, in my own personal view. I'd, I'd done an energy startup. I was really enamored with the fact of the way that you could change business behavior. And my example back then was, if you could help a CFO understand what they consume, use, and waste relative to natural resource consumption, could you affect the way that they, you know, manage their their entire energy portfolio? And um, and that really stuck with me. And I think it just parlayed even further that you know, being a part of GE, GE is very much known for being outcome minded. And um, you know, I think oftentimes in the tech world we speak about the outcomes. But really, when you talk with an industrial customer or, or client uh, or an OEM, like that matters day in and day out. And that's the only thing that matters. So with that, it really helped to um, shape a view and perspective and appreciation for the role that not only heavy equipment plays in our industries and uh, society at large, but what sort of story and insights can you glean and create because you can access this information um, and really bring that forward. And so to me, that really started to create a crystallized view of the value of IoT uh, versus simply just connecting a bunch of devices and censoring uh, devices and not really getting that value. Um, mm. And so that, I think, really formed a view in my mind about this, this industry that we're stepping into around industrial IoT that, in my analogy, is kind of the first inning in the, of a nine-inning game. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, so yeah, that that's kind of a little bit of uh, the, the experience there. How did your in experience in energy inform the work that you did at GE? I'd be uh, interested to get your perspective on how energy ha differs from other industries that may have been earlier to adopt, uh, you know, analytic technologies. Yeah. So I, um, so my early exposure when I had that at Hewlett Packard, it was really exciting to see a way to potentially change the way our, our consumer behavior thinks about energy use and waste. Um, Cause you know, in Western world, we, we absolutely take it for granted uh, full stop. And it's, it's uh, it's something that again, because we have an abundance of um, we assume it's just available and that's not the case for um, you know, second world or third world countries in the, in the, in the fact of, you know, being challenged um, uh, with with just having availability of supply, and 
so with that, you know, you know, kind of experience, um, you know, when I went into GE, I was very much interested in, in going back to help uh, that problem and advance it. And, and in this case of realizing that, you know, we obviously live in a, uh, the notion of an, an energy value chain, right, from a generation to distribution to consumption, but realizing that it's, it's really becoming a ubiquitous network um, and really the rise of the prosumer, um, you know, was, was coming forward and, and still is very much with the onsets of renewables and, and solar and the ability to uh, think about battery storage and other technologies. And with that, you realize that there's going to be a massive impact to the grid or the existing ways that utilities have operated. Um, so I've long been fascinated with, with that way of understanding how do you disrupt an industry in, the, in a right way, in a positive way, using data. And I think partly why I uh, was gravitated towards uh, energy is, one, a very hard problem to solve. Uh, two, an industry that had a has a significant amount of data. Um, and three, an industry that knows it needs to reinvent itself. Um, and the fourth, which is probably the learning coming into or being a part of it, is, is just it takes a long time. Um, change is hard, and I think it's, it's uh, definitely hard in regulated or unregulated markets um, and or just, you know, the habits of the way things have operated in the past. It's not to say that, that uh, you know, utilities aren't, aren't willing to make that change. I just think there are a number of factors that is, um, you know, just putting, uh, you know, efforts in the way of how quickly they, they adopt and, and transform. But um, I, I like what I'm seeing and the, uh, the, the acceptance and acknowledgement across uh, the CEO communities uh, for utilities that really uh, acknowledge that, that the, you know, this is important, um, not simply to, to do, but uh, to ensure that it's a part of the fabric of, of utilities going forward. Yeah, so I'd like to come back to that a little bit later, but uh, but first I'd like to uh, talk a bit about what you're doing at Uptake, and can you share a bit about uh, about the company and and your role there, and and some of the uh, some of the areas of focus that uh, you know that that are that are in your wheelhouse? Yeah, you bet. So um, I've I've been with Uptake for just about uh, over a year now. And um, yeah, I've come in early on to have a number of, of different roles um, from sales and marketing through the industry uh, to our applications and, and now um, at a product and customer success. And, and part of this is, is, you know, as uptake is just uh, coming on its fifth year, um, you know, as a, we're about a 2.3 billion in valuation. Um, and as a company, it's been purpose built um, with data science and uh, AI machine learning at the core. And so it really spoke to me about, again, this data-driven view of reimagining how enterprise software can sh and should be built and, and consumed. And so with that, um, you know, my impetus to, to be a part of this was knowing that a company is, in, it, in its own essence, um, you know, thinking about the adoption of data science as a first-class citizen or the kernel of what the product is. And so... That was um, one of the biggest draws uh, to to the opportunity, and and as a result, um, you know we've been down a path of really thinking about how do you d democratize data science uh, across uh, not only the industrial space but the enterprise, um, but doing it in ways that uh, are creating uh, a massive amount of repeatability. 
And why that's important is because, you know, a lot when we talk about data science, AI, machine learning, deep learning, a variety of terms to use different tool sets for different use cases for different uh, outcomes to be solved. Um, oftentimes, there is not a lot of repeatability and therefore teams, uh, whether enterprises or otherwise, staff large data science teams to, to really manage. Um, but our essence is really creating and productizing uh, those capabilities to think about AI through the entire life cycle, not simply, you know, being able to discover, build, train, deploy uh, data science models, but how we think about the access of data um, and speeding up that process. Because we all argue that, you know, it's the tip of the iceberg problem that 90% of the problem lies beneath the surface. And oftentimes that it's, uh, you know, data science is only as good as the data coming in. And so you spend a lot of time trying to think about the, the data engineering, the data integrity to really simplify uh, that. Um, and then having the ability to um, think about data science in a way that effectively are creating optimization uh, engines and the way we go about uh, affecting outcomes for customers. And so what I really love about this is if you think about, again, the outcome, you think about the KPI that a customer cares about, and obviously in our industrial space, uh, there are a variety of them, but you know, the traditional is around improving reliability or availability um, or throughput or a variety of others. You can back that into what data and analytics do you need and therefore what data from what data sources are required in order to support that outcome. And so simplifying that method and mindset is absolutely paramount. And, you know, we're strong in belief that uh, it's all about, um, you know, time to insight or time to first insight. And so we're down a path, um, you know, we've got a significant customer base across a variety of industrial clients. Um, and in that regard, there is a lot of transferability of these data science models and the way that they uh, work for different assets, as well as different scenarios uh, that we have with customers. And so um, we continue to, uh, to uh, forge ahead with the platform uh, that we have and, um, you know, excited to be bringing a lot of new capabilities, uh, both at the platform and the application level to, to different industry customers. I think what's so interesting about what you're doing at, at Uptake is how the the AI components or machine learning, as it were, are is really in, embedded into the you know into the platform and really into the DNA of the company. Um, I'd love to get your perspective on how you how you work, you know, with your customers and also uh, even before customers that you. Know, Developing the solutions and you know identifying the business problems at, that uh, that can be optimized and really improved, uh, or where the solutions can be improved you know, through the application of advanced analytics and AI technology. And and what I'm trying to get at is is to uh, uh, to better understand the the role of uh, domain experts and data scientists, as well as the um, you know the the customer facing folks that you have, and how you know how you combine all of those elements together really to drive uh, drive outcomes you know for your for yeah. your customers. Yeah, you bet. Um, so to give you an example. You know, last week we hosted um, you know about about thirty uh, different uh, customers or prospective customers um, in the uh, the construction. Uh, space and it was everything from operators to OEMs and uh, very different types of OEMs and so it was interesting having um, a very cr uh, strong cross section of, of individuals and, and that very question came up 
And so Ed, I, what I shared with, uh, with them is, is just kind of the first to get a sense of where people are in their journey if we talk the notion of, of digital transformation, but more importantly, their acceptance and willingness of, of leveraging AI machine learning. And, and step one was you know, simply just dispelling the myth um, where there's a, the general concern, especially in the industrial space, that AI, the rise of AI equals job loss. Um, and, you know, in my view, it's absolutely not the case. It's if you think about the industrial revolutions we've gone through, um, I know not too many folks that are uh, interested in going back and, and digging dishes with their hands when the, when the shovel was introduced. And, you know, that's kind of think uh, tongue in cheek as, as we say that. But um, what, it, what it implies a lot is, you know, the ability to automate a lot of routine and mundane tasks that folks, uh, folks may be doing today that, uh, you know, our, our technology environments can do on behalf. And so with that is a natural um, acknowledgement uh, first is around kind of the, the fear that their job might be redundant and therefore getting teams on board to think about the art of the possible. And it's a straight question to, you know, oftentimes there's an opportunity to improve cost structures. Um, and so that usually is the easiest low-hanging fruit to then just start talking about, you know, how do you think about the day and how you operate? And I'll give you the example in the construction environment. Um, we've got scenarios where customers are like, you know, I, I constantly don't know if I have the right bench of individuals uh, that have the right skill set and are available at the right time when I need to actually go fix, uh, you know, a piece of equipment that I've been alerted that is, is down. And so oftentimes I'm questioned do I have the right person, the right tool, the right part at the right time. And, you know, can I actually go fix the, uh, the unit itself, you know, to get it back online and, and uh, continue to, to drive greater productivity in, in its use and avoid the downtime. That is in essence a way of us just simply looking at the, the problem set that someone has had and say, okay, let's back through that and understand what problem we're trying to solve. And therefore, ask the question of, you know, what data do we have access to today? To today? So oftentimes, it's a bit of a, uh, an, a, a walk in helping the team to think about that statement I mentioned earlier, like, what is the metadata of your enterprise? How do I think about the data that's available? And what problem am I really solving? So if we're clear on the problem, and therefore, the use case that we think we can improve um, their pain points, then it, it gets very easy and very quick to walk through and, and building that out, defining it. And, and for us, uh, a way to uh, do far less of talking about what can be done with digital transformation and going through discussions of PowerPoint, but let's show them the art of the possible using their data um, and using the, uh, a way to, to assess that uh, immediately so we can have a conversation around the data, the insights, the potential for uh, improvements and that's usually the uh, the best way to uh, to go about, it, or at least ways that we have found um, have bridged that gap of uncertainty and concern. To okay, I think I have something here that I'm very interested in. How do we get started? Are there notable differences in working with uh, some of the some of the industries that or different industries that uh, that Uptake works with? I know uh, I know we've spoken a lot, uh, quite a bit about energy, but I know that Uptake is. You really think about the you know the platform it's it's pretty horizontal and I would love to get your perspective on 
uh, you know, which industries are, uh, you know, seem to be moving forward uh, rapidly and maybe some others, you know, where there are uh, some either, you know, uh, you know, transformational hurdles or, or maybe ways of thinking that, uh, you know, that they're still working through. Yeah. So I, I would say um, a couple things. So if I if I start first on on the energy side, one thing that was uh, interesting. So uh, just over the um, uh, the course of, of of last week, you know, I was a part of the the Edison uh, Electric Institute uh, conversation in, in Philadelphia, and I must say, for the number of interactions from from CEOs about how can I not only leverage the AI machine learning to help my streamline my existing operations, but how do I think about it as a way to um, be the strategic angle of where my business goes has been paramount. So I think my only point on the energy side is there's more and more uh, acceptance and support to try and move forward, which is great. But for us, you know, as you mentioned, we do go across a variety of industries. And um, so whether it's in uh, manufacturing uh, in auto manufacturing, uh, or work that we're doing with the U.S. Army, uh, as well as work that we're doing in mining and and uh, construction, uh, we we kind of touched on a variety of them. And so, what we find is there's a fair bit of reusability with different data science um, engines and models that we've deployed uh, that allow us to uh, be able to move more quickly for the first time uh, for to insight. And so in, in the example, in the case of uh, auto manufacturing, um, you know, it is really about you know, managing the uptime and the production uh, of the various lines that, uh, you know, our customers have and trying to be mindful that, um, you know, it's not simply looking at the downtime of a given asset, but it's looking at uh, the entire process itself. And um, so, but what we, what we do is, is very similar that we've done in other industries is, is looking at, uh, the the assets in their given setting, and not just in an individual basis, but the interconnectedness of those to understand really what metric that customer is carrying to uh, to improve. Um, and as we think about uh, OEE, you know, one of the biggest things is, is ensuring that you know, obviously the the asset availability and uptime uh, is there, such that the production line can be uh, as effective uh, as it as it can be um, on its demand and plan schedule. Uh, and so we take a very similar approach as we look at the failure or failure modes and, and areas and issues within a given set of assets and, and start to, to look at um, not only areas of, of how do we predict uh, potential failures, but also how do we create recommendations around ways to improve uh, the operations. And so um, that's just a great example of, of being able to not only do that at a, an asset and a plant level, but how does that you know quickly roll out to a broader enterprise? Um, and then you know I'd, I'd say you know one of the the things that we're working you know heavily on is uh, you know with the, the U.S. Army and in the federal space uh, a number of opportunities, um, but a lot of it you know is, is it's been publicly known working with the U.S. Army around the uh, the Bradley fighting vehicles. Um, and, and helping uh, to make sure that we have uh, operational readiness uh, for our, our, um, our wartime heroes and, and, uh, and fighters to make sure that the equipment that they use is, is available and ready for uh, dispatch and deployment um, you know, when it, uh, when it mat- matters most. Mm. Um, and so for us, the ability to look at the various use cases that we find in different industries 
Um, we, we have a backdrop of, of uh, 65 or so data scientists that allow us to share a lot of that knowledge uh, across uh, when applicable um, and being able to understand more. Now, in some cases, you know, we have to be segmented in, in the way that we work, especially with, uh, with the military, but the, the principles and mindsets of how we approach our data science models in the, in the commercial side uh, help us dramatically to, uh, to glean insights and, and ways to evolve these models uh, more quickly uh, for the benefit of, of our customers. Are there some effective best practices or approaches that you've seen your customers employ from an organiz- you know from an organizational standpoint um, you know that that have really you know, any, any customers that are that are doing things right uh, in in a way that that's aligned their organization that uh, that's really led to success that you that that stands out to you? Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, so one of the the more recent customers, uh, Cadelco, uh, you know, out of uh, out of Chile and, and uh, Latin America, you know, a very large copper mining uh, operations were great uh, to be partnering with them. Um, I, I would say first and foremost, it was the curiosity around what AI could do for them uh, in managing their mining operations. Um, and second to that was the the value and view of what are the most critical assets you would care about. Um, being able to uh, model and understand for performance uh, versus simply doing that for all the assets in your enterprise. Uh, One thing we've been very mindful of is, uh, you know, I think there's been this, you know, as we kind of saw through the hype cycles of clean tech where there's a mass amount of venture capital dollars going into clean tech. And then we saw this kind of, you know, this, this trough of despair and, and, you know, concerns of like, well, are there really returns on the products that are being built? Um, you see a lot of that with IoT, right? There's massive investments and claims of the amount of money um, that uh, that IoT um, as a market uh, will bear. Um, and I think there's a lot of truth to that, but there's also a lot of learning. And one of those I think is paramount is, is sometimes many organizations have said, well, geez, I'm in IoT. I've now connected, you know, half of my operations. And my simple question is for what? what? What is the outcome you care about? What KPIs do you fundamentally care about? Can you actually get the right type of data, not simply looking at machine data? Uh, can you bring together a variety of data sets that help to affect the KPI you most care about? And is it actually something you can baseline and, and track and manage? And if we can't simply go through that, um, then going down a path of connecting a variety of disparate assets um, really is not going to uh, drive the value that, that people you know once hoped that uh, it would. So I think best practice where I've seen you know customers, you know, Cadelco is great in terms of their uh, eagerness and willingness to try, um, create the, the right beachhead within the organization um, such that it has the right level of support, and then be able to use this as a way to showcase where and how it could roll off roll across the organization. So a best practice is, you know, kind of the um, you know, kind of, kind of looking at the the right type of uh, the organization to uh, carry this forward, and then certainly having senior level leadership that believes in the uh, the case. Because as you and I know both, that moving quickly in an industrial space is is not something we've seen, um, but it is continuing to pick up, um, you know, more and more. And, and really having that senior level leadership support is uh, it's tremendous. Uh, to see the success of, of the number of these these programs really become true uh, digital transformation initiatives. Mm. 
I'd love to get your thoughts on the you know on the on the market around platforms. Uh, I mean, you were you were a GE, and if you go back a, a few years, that that was you know at at the at the time when you know GE and Cisco and a few others were you know very excited about the potential you know creating some uh, some forecasts or uh, you know I think expectations that that we would see a a really rapid ramp. Uh, you know, the, it it was still you know we're still very early stages in the in the adoption of uh, of platforms and uh, I, I think what's kind of interesting now as we get into uh, a later stage I wouldn't necessarily call it platform 2.0 but but interestingly you know PTC was was saying that one of the, the their biggest challenges isn't isn't demand it's finding enough skilled people to help implement their projects and you know, if you look at GE I mean I think Predix's vision was uh, you know, it was incredibly compelling, and you know, GE's going through some changes. Uh, you know, uh, uh, most mostly not related to the to the work that they were doing in GE Digital, but um, but I think they really laid a lot of really interesting groundwork. And would love to get your perspective. You know, as uptake is you know is kind of moving into in into a new era of of platforms, and and uh, certainly establishing a you know a, a leadership position uh, you know in the market. You know, how 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 you look at this uh, this market market around platforms because uh, and I think the last point I'll make in my kind of extended comments here is that you know, two years ago there was an estimate there were like 400 platforms in the in the <laughs> IoT space and 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 of course that you know is is pretty characteristic of an early market where a lot of those platforms uh, evolve into applications but you know would love to get your thoughts on the evolution and and dynamics and of, of the market and and kind of where you guys see yourself in relation to um, you know to, to some of the other uh, other players in the market. Yeah, you bet, you bet. So I think, you know, your your point about uh, the compelling nature that uh, the GE laid out, the vision uh, that, that Jeff Immelt and the leadership team did, uh, was absolutely a, a, a reason why I, I joined as well. Um, because I, I saw the, this vision and direction and absolutely believed and bought into it. And I think in, in many regards, you know, GE paved the way um, for the industry that we see now um, in, in helping to, to create that believership. So I think a lot is um, is credited to to them and and making that happen and and as with any market right you you end up spawning new companies as a result of of that uh, you know kind of market momentum and believership and so it's a natural course of, of what we're seeing um, to your comments about the platforms absolutely I think the the enamored view that everyone is a platform um, I mean whether it's in technology or you know. You know, outside of technology and you know communication, media, you go down the list. I mean, everyone says they have a platform, but in the technology sense of it all, um, you know, obviously it means different things to to different folks. Um, one of the things that we are very strong on is a viewpoint that um, because of AI and machine learning, we believe there is this, the true notion of a, a system of intelligence, um, and that is mindful that you know as a CIO. Uh, or an enterprise leader, you largely, in, in, in a large enterprise, you've largely made very significant capital investments in your technology decisions. Um, and what we acknowledge is many of those environments, whether it's in ERP environments, CRM environments, uh, HRM, um, those are absolutely great systems of record in doing what they've been designed to do. And what we find is that many organizations spend tremendous dollars trying to extend and configure those environments to do things that they were not intended to do. 
Um, the power of AI and machine learning is, again, if you think of a data-driven approach first, um, you can think about the outcome that you care about and where does that data live and how do you access it within your own four walls to take advantage of, of driving a business outcome that you care about. If it is about improving cost structure, um, you think about where that information might lie in a, an ERP environment or a, a historian or a CMMS-based environment. Uh, but oftentimes in those individual natures, they're incomplete. So in this view of a platform, I, I would term it in a view of that you have a level of interconnectedness uh, into existing environments such that you can take advantage of the true power of, of machine learning and, and AI when it comes down to uh, affecting an outcome and, and delivering an insight uh, that is financially backed. And so with that, um, as, as the market evolves, we've been very mindful. You know, the idea of trying to be everything to everybody uh, is, is not the path and, and focus. And so we've centered ourselves uh, squarely uh, in focusing on uh, democratizing data science with the use of AI and machine learning capabilities, um, but being mindful that you have to think about it from raw data to how you visualize and, and ultimately consume those insights. Um, and so with that, you know, I think the, the ecosystem is going to definitely go through uh, a form of consolidation um, in a good way, in the sense that there's a number of technology companies that have, you know, touted that they're a platform, but they've been very good in a given industry, you know, manufacturing or energy or construction. Um, and they hit certain uh, limits, depending on where they are in their investment cycle and growth, um, that they may not you know, have the opportunity to, to scale even further. So I do see that there's an opportunity for, for consolidation. Um, and I do think there's also too that, that, you know, especially in this notion of, uh, of thinking about data science and, and data science first type uh, insights, that there are, are a number of generalized uh, tool sets that help for the deployability of data science models, but they lack a lot of context. And the biggest thing that we know in the industrial space is you have to understand the asset. You have to understand the context around the asset. It's failure modes. You have to understand the behavior of the assets, um, what sort of tasks have been managed and oriented around those in the past. And so what we find is there's a lot around generalized purpose-built tool, or excuse me, generalized tools that are more aligned with our existing cloud vendors of you know, Google, Microsoft, and and uh, Amazon, and that's great, and I think cater to a very specific need of interest. And then there's some very specialized um, platform tools that really are more applications for a given industry. Yeah. Um, as, now, I was just going to say, as you look to scale the business, too, I mean, you're, you know, you, you've had uh, alluded to a number of common business problems that you're that you've been able to extrapolate you know similar approaches across different industries and but then there's this need for highly specialized knowledge of of machines that may be specific to an industry or a or even a subsector or or even a specific type of company and and some of that lends itself to uh, replication and some of it uh, demands, you know, bespoke specialization. How do you think yeah. about the way that you, you know, turn your business into, um, you know, to, to be able to accelerate adoption for new customers and new use cases, you know, as much as possible while, you know, while still keeping that flexibility of, of you know, the, uh, the ability to, 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 to customize your, your, 
your technology for new situations and, and scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the the very important thing of all this is that um, you know certainly data scientists that are very well versed in the discipline um, you know can manage very large data sets and, and come up with very distinct models. But it's 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 not enough in the viewpoint that, you know, the expertise from an industrial perspective uh, needs to weigh um, in terms of understanding and interpreting the value. And so, you know, over the, the, the time period of uptake, we've not only made investments in the data science uh, space, but also uh, with uh, subject matter experts in, in a variety of different industries. And one of the things that I, I value is th- this notion that, you, as much as we would talk about pair programming and you know peer reviews and things to really help each other from a development perspective get better at what we're ultimately releasing to the market, the same applies when you're uh, you know uh, putting a, a subject matter expert who's had 20 years in a given industry working closely with the data scientists and, and being able to interpret that. And what we're finding as a result is is that you're not on any one path of having to hire large you know pools in, in either direction, but how do you thread that knowledge base together with, with some of those folks. So that's, that's one um, effort of it. And then, and then the other effort of it is the, the constant knowledge sharing that uh, we have of what teams have seen with certain um, industry use cases and, and challenges and uh, the tight-knit community of how the data science group has been established. The uptake, which I think has been absolutely uh, tremendous uh, over the years to uh, really help to evolve uh, that. And then it's also then the way you you think about the the technology, and that is knowing that you have very consumable um, capabilities or what we call engines that that can be applied to different use cases depending on the customer, the type of asset uh, situation. But the ability to deploy that application is very uh, consistent and repeatable, um, such that uh, you know again we haven't built a one-off for a given customer. Um, and we have the ability to to leverage that. So I think across those three areas, it, it, it's helped tremendously uh, for us to continue to evolve, uh, think about a contribution model, but realize the value of an SME along with a data scientist really creates uh, something that is sticky and uh, unique. Yeah. Well, I'd like to I'd like to ask something a little bit more broad, uh, which I think is um, that, you know, not necessarily related to uh, I mean, we've been a bit in the weeds here. But, uh, you know, what are you most optimistic about as we look forward and the, over the next you know, five to 10 years? And, and what are some issues or, or areas that uh, that keep you up at night? OK, so I, I think looking ahead, uh, although I don't have the, the crystal ball, um, I, I do like the odds with what I see in the market in the sense that there is absolutely uh, a resounding acceptance and, and interest and curiosity for what um, AI and machine learning uh, can do uh, for organizations. And so I do see the fact that it is not to be in any way an appendage to how you think about your business, just as We've talked before that digital transformation is not an offshoot of how you run your business. It is effectively part of the fabric of running your business. And so we have a very strong notion, and I believe that, that you will see um, you know, the, the notion of operational AI, where, especially in the industrial space, it's just embedded in the way that you work. Um, and the thing is, we see that in the consumer world today, and, and many don't know it or don't acknowledge it, uh, or some don't care to acknowledge it. 
but that the ability where we will see this embedded in how things evolve uh, and the way that industries work. And my hope is that organizations, because of the access to data that they have, that they have fundamentally reimagined the way businesses work, meaning that they can become more data-driven, they can become more uh, you know, akin to making quicker decisions and, and changes um, because of that, that uh, fabric and landscape that's, that's available to them. So that's kind of a, a view in, in the outlook. Um, and, and I think as a result of that, more and more companies are going to find the value uh, hidden in a lot of the projects that they've done from an IoT perspective that I think you know, they've kind of scratched their heads in the recent times of you know, maybe I'm not seeing that value um, because you're now connecting it to, to simply what a, a financial or business outcome you'd care about. Um, the thing that I would say that worries me a bit is, um, especially in the industrial space, is uh, you, you find this, this definite um, you know, knowledge base, the skill set that uh, is at that point of retirement. And it really behooves um, industrial leaders to think about the, the cultural change of their workforce um, and, and using this as a way, as a carrot to, to attract uh, new talent. Um, that might be simply just born into the way that what we're talking about is just the way that they work. Um, and I think that the, that, that is something that organizations have to take and embrace even further. Um, so it's not necessarily keep me up at night, but I definitely find it is probably a topic uh, of many that I have that's rather consistent with a lot of uh, senior executives in, uh, in different industries. Um, and, and beyond that, I would say, you know, I, I think the, the opportunity here is again where we can ultimately um, bring a lot of context to the value of uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning um, and get out of the hype cycle uh, of, of the buzzwords. I mean, we've all seen mm-hmm. it, whether it's big data, cloud security, now AI, machine learning, it, it's a kitchen sink statement. And, and, you know, we acknowledge that, but I think more context that can be brought uh, to it uh, in the setting of where customers work and the value and outcomes that they care about uh, is going to help to drive this industry even faster. So I'm just glad to be a part of uh, helping that as well. Well, Jay, this has been a fascinating conversation, and I, uh, you know, as always, your insights are uh, are are probing and 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 valuable, and I, I think uh, I think our listeners are going to get a you know get a get a huge amount of value out of it. I would uh, always like to ask uh, you know our our guests if if there's a recommendation that you could share of a a book or a resource that um, that you know that that you that you find valuable. Yeah, well, you know, one that I've had to, uh, to dust off and and uh, and read and, and go through, which never gets old, is uh, uh, from uh, Marty Kagan, um, you know, with the, uh, the Silicon Valley Product Group, and and it's just all about uh, product, you know, building products that customers love. And you know, what what drew me to to bring it off the shelf and and look at it again um, in this light is again thinking through how to redefine. Uh, how enterprise software is built, um, more so from the lens of, of how it's consumed or should be consumed, uh, vis-a-vis uh, what AI and machine learning can uh, can bring. So it, it gave me a great perspective to just kind of come back to uh, some things that I find as very sound principles and, and approaches when you think of just product management in general. Um, and uh, so, again, uh, kind of inspiring uh, to reread and, and rehash uh, some things that I've, I've gone through in the past that, that have helped to 
you know, kind of in, inform me and shape uh, some of my thoughts. Fantastic. Well, it's been, uh, as as always, it's a pleasure talking to you again. This has been uh, Jay Allardyce, who's the Chief Product Officer and Head of Customer Success Uptake. And again, this has been uh, Ed McGuire, uh, Insights Partner at Momenta Partners, with another episode of our Momenta podcast. And thanks thanks again for joining us, Jay. Ed, thank you very much. It's great to uh, chat with you again. This is Ed McGuire, Insights Partner at Momenta Partners, and we thank you for listening to our Digital Disruptor series of interviews. For further information, please check the show notes as well as our website for more information on the innovations and innovators profiled here. And as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. 